0: AM 1060 KDUS Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Something fun to watch every week. Second and six gosh looking down the sideline it's Diggs with another flag out he is able to get away from those two tacklers and no one's gonna touch him the rest of the way touchdown buffalo running back against the linebacker a chan against davis top of the formation Tua. Lost it tyreek hill on kill you're not gonna catch him are you no nope. touchdown Explosive Miami play for 78 and a score. And anytime you get down here, you have to be alert for Justin Fields' yes. legs. They can be lethal in the red zone.
1: Trent Taylor in motion. There, there is Fields in his legs.
0: Dances outside. Stretches. Touchdown. Justin Fields. 22. Harrison Smith nose it down to the edge. Jerry he Covers. Protected as well. Firing in the middle of the field. Touchdown. Him
1: and Gina have a great connection.
0: There's Walker, cuts to the outside. First down and more. Kenneth Walker still going and finally chased down by Buddha Baker. That one gets redirected to the hands of Coffee. George fires the triple again. Tights with the back tap into George and he'll get the and one. So Paul George doing work early here. 16 points, six of eight shooting. Fourth and one, a fake. Jackson, room. First down, touchdown. Second and goal. Purdy out of the shotgun. They look to throw it. Back at the end zone. Kittle's wide open. Touchdown. Forty. Pass of the day for Purdy to a third different guy. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUS-AM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUS AM1060. Welcome to the Thursday, January fourth edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis in today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUSA M ten sixty and KS Lux HD two one hundred point seven. Bills at Dolphins. Who wins on Sunday night? Final game of the regular season in the NFL. Justin Fields or Bryce Love? Which player do you prefer long term? The Cardinals, should Buddha Baker be a pro bowler? The Suns, should they have been more competitive last night? Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy, should they sit out week eighteen? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday and moments of have the introduction of today's pipeline. ten fifteen, a Dolphins and Bills preview with Alan Pupar who covers the Dolphins for Sports Illustrated and uh, Dolphins.com you know, and so forth. I'll give you that all in the next segment. 10:30 interactive action, 602-260-1060 plus today's bottom line and local roundup including uh, not a lot of Suns and Clippers analysis needed from last night. Also, uh, we'll briefly preview ASU Utah and U of A Colorado for tonight. Meanwhile, final segment of the sports zone will be the national roundup, top by Rip from the headlines and also from the wire. Then, after the sports zone from 11 to one o'clock, it is the extra point hosted by Kayla. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with a KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is who wins Sunday night at Miami? The Bills or the Dolphins, and Corey is here and has the early returns. Right now it is split 50-50 on KDUS1060.com. The Bills are three-point road favorites in this game, and Miami is 7-1 and at home so far this season. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, which quarterback do you prefer long-term, Justin Fields or Jordan Love? And once again, Corey has the early returns. Not as close here. Jordan Love in the lead, 71.4%. Justin Fields at 28.6% on KDUSAM
1: 1060 on Twitter.
0: Both quarterbacks have certainly played better down the stretch here. The Bears have won four of their last five games, while the Packers are 5-2 and two in their last seven games. Meanwhile, on the local front, the Cardinals' Buda Baker is in the Pro Bowl again, even though this season Baker has zero interceptions, zero forced fumbles, zero recovered fumbles, and zero sacks. Should Buda Baker have made this season's Pro Bowl? And which Cardinal, other than Matt Prater, the kicker, actually has had the best season? Meanwhile, the Suns had no chance last night. Kevin Durant uh, sat out a second consecutive game with hamstring soreness, and uh, the available Suns seldom competed during the 131-122 home loss to the Clippers should the Suns have been better last night even without Kevin Durant. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the Ravens and 49ers have opted to play it safe. Uh, they've opted to sit out their quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy, in Week 18. Are uh, John Harbaugh and uh, Kyle Shanahan uh, doing the right thing by resting their starting quarterbacks in Week 18? Remember, they don't play for a couple of weeks after that because you know, they're going to first round bye for both of them. So, you know, the Ravens did the... Uh, they you know Harbaugh rested Lamar Jackson a few years ago And uh, they lost the first playoff game, and then they said that they were rusty after they lost that game. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All the way back to yesterday. That's the pipeline for today. We'll deliver tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602 260 1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM 1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM 1060. I will change that little moniker here uh, definitely before next week, maybe before tomorrow if I have time today. Uh, Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. (laughs) Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update that will be followed by a Dolphins and Bills preview. Alan Pupar, who covers the uh, Dolphins, will join us in the next segment, so stay tuned for that. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, to be phone call time, 6.02. 2.60, 10.60, general discussion at that point, plus time pending. We'll get to some local roundup. And uh, taught by some uh, Suns and uh, Clippers from last night. Very little, quite frankly, because there's not a lot of analysis. It was an ass-kicking from the start. Uh, You know, this alleged fourth quarter Suns run really was alleged. Uh, There was nobody on earth that has an objective viewpoint that thought for one second that the Suns were going to win that game last night. You're listening to Sports SportsZone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castle HD 2 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. The Dolphins and Bills play for the first place in the AFC uh, East to conclude the NFL regular season on Sunday night. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the Sports Zone by Alan Prupar, who covers the Dolphins for alldolphins.com. Alan, let's go back to last Sunday. Uh you know, they lost uh not just they didn't just lose fifty six to nineteen, but they also had several players go out, down to the injury in that game. I'll get to the injuries momentarily. First up, I guess we have to ask or I have to ask, do we believe that the Dolphins have uh, the short memory to quickly move on from last Sunday's disaster?
1: Yeah, I, I think then they've been pretty good all season at being able to flush it when they've had bad performances, which they've had, I mean they got Banged the Bills in Week Four, and they came back the following week and took care of business. And they ha- they haven't lost two games in a row all season, uh, which speaks to their ability to bounce back. And they- and, they- and they have no choice. I mean, they have to flush it. It's one of those one of those days where the Dolphins absolutely were not on their game, and the Ravens could not have been sharper. And even at that, the-, the score got out of hand but toward the end of the game. um and-, and but it was it was pretty all shades of ugly and. The Dolphins just have no have
0: to chalk it up to no bad day at the office. Okay, let's get into some of the injury situations here. Uh, Bradley Chubb obviously out for the season with a torn ACL. They already lost Jay, uh, you know, Jalen Phillips in uh, November to a, an Achilles injury. How does this alter the pass rush, and how does Vic Fangio try to uh, you know, compensate for their losses?
1: Yeah, in terms of personnel, they said they're sticking with the guys that they have on the roster, and that's uh, Emmanuel Agba and newly signed and newly brought back veteran Melvin Ingram, who played for them in 2022 and was out of the NFL until the Dolphins signed him to their practice squad. And then hope for continued production out of Andrew Van Ginkel, who's the one who stepped into the starting lineup after Phillips was hurt. Uh, I guess the argument could be made, maybe the Dolphins should blitz more without – Chubb and Phillips, who both had tremendous seasons as pass rushers, that's kind of not Tanjo's ammo. I mean, he will use the blitz occasionally, but that's not his preferred method of attacking offenses. So, you know, I, I think you're going to see perhaps a couple more blitzes than normal to compensate for the loss of Chubb after Phillips was, was hurt. But for the most part, they, they're going to probably use the same approach and hope that they can get some kind of production from Ingram and Agba.
0: Do you think they have enough pass rush to get away with that?
1: Very good question. And it's not even the matter of getting sacked. I think what they have to do is they have to affect Josh Allen, maybe making them making them uncomfortable in the pocket, because um, mm-hmm. he's kind of he's kind of been known for you know taking chances from time to time and putting the ball in the harm's way, so to speak. Um, but the coverage has to be better on the back end than it was against Baltimore. Otherwise, none of it's going to matter. And then also, if we're talking pass rush, we have to mention the two interior guys, Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer, who are both uh, approaching double digits in sacks. They have to be a factor in this game. They weren't very much against the, ball, the Ravens, and if the Dolphins are going to beat the Bills, they need for their, for their main players to be their main players, and that certainly includes Wilkins and Sealer.
0: You know, also in the back end, Xavier Howard was injured in that game very early last Sunday at Baltimore. Uh, you know, I know, you know Wednesday's practice report is just kind of a, you know, sometimes not exactly a very uh, telling of what might happen later in the week. But do we know what Howard's status is for this week, or just the best guess that you might have?
1: Yeah, he's not playing. I mean, immediately on Monday, uh, head coach Mike McDaniel was asked about his status and called him week to week, and. You hear that at the beginning of the week from from the coach. He generally tries to take a more optimistic approach. And he didn't practice Wednesday, as you mentioned. Uh, Be a shock if you wound up playing.
0: Okay, so once again, how do they try to compensate for his absence?
1: Yeah, that became a problem. Uh, What they did last week and the previous game that he missed because of another issue, they had uh, Eli Apple start at the outside cornerback spot opposite Jalen Ramsey with Cater Cole who in the slot. Uh, again, Apple didn't have a great game against Baltimore, but then again, who on defense did? There were a couple of massive breakdowns defensively where they let guys wide open when they were supposed to be passed off from one player to another, or somebody was supposed to follow them. The, the most glaring example was when and it was Eli Apple and the linebacker Duke Riley who were both on the left side of the defensive formation where Zay Flower was running, and both Riley and Apple made a move towards the middle to cover Rashawn Bateman, who was running underneath, and they left Flowers running by himself down the right sideline. Obviously, those kinds of breakdowns can't happen. You hope they're they not going to happen. Apple's a guy who's been around quite a long time in the NFL, uh, kind of uncharacteristic to have that kind of a mix-up at that stage of the season you figure he's going to be the guy the Dolphins selected Cam Smith a cornerback from South Carolina with their first pick in the 2023 draft in the second round they have not entrusted him with any kind of role on defense he's been playing on special teams basically exclusively and don't see any reason why that's going to change in week 18 all of a sudden so I would expect Eli Apple to be the guy who is going to play for Howard with the hope that. Him and everybody else on the defense has a better outing than against Baltimore.
0: Okay, you mentioned Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, he obviously went down uh, very early in training camp and had had the surgery. Came back, I think, quicker than most anticipated. Uh, how much of a difference has he made, and how much has that altered uh, Fangio's approach defensively since his return? Uh,
1: no, he's been he's been great, but he's not you know exempt from from blame for the baltimore game that was not his best outing at all but overall he's been very very good but i think perhaps maybe a little bit was overblown in terms of his impact on on the dolphins defense really taking a step forward and making a big leap once he came back because it, that was combined with also Christian Wilkins, for example, who had a hold in, quote-unquote, in training camp, like really reaching peak Christian Wilkins. Jalen Phillips got on a roll after you know dealing with other injuries early in the season before the torn Achilles. Um, so it's been a combination of both, but the, the guy's been great, no question. The, the way that the Fangio defense has been run has not really changed that much with Ramsey. The only exception was the first game that Xavier Howard missed, which was against the Jets, the Dolphins used Ramsey on Garrett Wilson to shadow him quite a bit. Mm. And the question is, are they going to do that again this week against Stephon Diggs? Because Stephon Diggs completely killed them the first matchup in Buffalo in week four, had six catches for 120 yards and three touchdowns, operating mostly in the slot against Cater Kohu, which is just a really, really tough matchup uh, for any non-Pro Bowl-level cornerback, Stefan Diggs is a terrific route runner. So I, I think if ever there was a case to be made for Banjo shadowing, using Ramsey to shadow somebody, and, and he's been asked pretty much every week, are you going to use Ramsey to shadow? And he's he's always said he's not necessarily a fan of it, but I think in this case, he may not have a choice because
0: Diggs okay, so. is the one who
1: hurt him last time, and he's clearly you know, the guy who could do the most damage, so it would make perfect sense to do it.
0: Okay, so let's flip this to the offense. It is week 18. Tua was a full participant in practice on Wednesday, despite uh, leaving that loss against Baltimore with a shoulder problem. Left shoulder, I believe it was. How do you evaluate Tua's 2020, uh, 2023 season? Obviously, you know, he had lots of issues trying to get through 2022, and uh, this year uh, you know, he seems like, at least from afar, and I'm from afar here, uh, that things have gone rather smoothly for him.
1: Yeah, and it's been a combination of factors. I know the national media like to make a whole big deal about the jujitsu classes he took in the offseason to learn how to fall. And maybe that's played like a tiny part in it, but I think it's more the two biggest factors. He hasn't been hit that much. Number one, he's avoided the plays where he winds up in the clutches of a big defensive lineman who just slings him to the ground. Where jujitsu classes are not, it's really hard to like control your your full body and avoid that that whiplash effect that slams ahead onto the turf, which is what happened to him a couple of times. Another thing he's done, he has also done a much better job at giving up on plays that just aren't there. Whereas previously, he always tried to make something happen, even if it wasn't there. And then you've also seen him this year go down very quickly if there are big, big, defensive linemen around them as opposed to try to you know, maneuver his way around them. So it's been a combination of things. And there was also a fluky nature to the concussions that he had. Um, so you had, you, you kind of had the feeling, you know, maybe time, it's time that luck's going to be on his side and it has been. And obviously he's had a very good season. Um, he was in the MVP conversation for most of the season. Uh and yeah, and then he also was named the Pro Bowl starter for the AFC and this is obviously partly fan vote, player code player vote, coach vote. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's completely weird is there's still a little cloud hanging over as to whether he can be the guy in a big game and the the, the game against Buffalo on Sunday certainly would qualify as that.
0: Okay, so we mentioned some defensive injuries the offense, Jalen Waddell didn't play last week. Uh, you know, Mostert did not play last week. Uh, each hand did play last week and actually looked really good. The offensive line has had kind of a, it, been a you know, kind of a in-and-out situation for several players for several games now. So how would we, uh, you know, summarize the status of the, uh, at least the physical status of the offense heading into this week?
1: Battered. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's any other way of saying it. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about like a bunch of pro bowl or pro bowl level players who are dealing with something. And that's not even including Tua because he was a full participant in practice Wednesday, but you got Tyreek Hill who had, who not only is dealing with an ankle injury, also now had a personal situation with a fire in his home, left practice early. And then he shows up at his home and there's footage, television footage of it. And he's in a walking boot, which tells you he's been, that ankle has been an issue. Jalen Wallace, you mentioned that missed the game against Baltimore because of an ankle injury. He's iffy for Sunday. Raheem Mostert missed the game against Baltimore as well. He's got ankle knee issues. He's a question mark. The good news: it looks like they might get their starting right guard Robert Hunt back in the lineup. That's going to help. Their center, their new center, because their original center is on IR. Their new center, Liam Meikenberg, is also dealing with something. We think he's going to play. It's not 100%. So. Yeah, no, they are battered, and obviously everybody who can go will go because this is a game where you can, you know, earn home field advantage for the first round of the playoffs as opposed to having to travel to Kansas City, but there's, there's zero question about it. This is a, a battered and bruised unit that's fighting through stuff.
0: Okay, so how is uh, Mike McDaniel, you know, dove into his mad scientist bag trying to figure out how this could possibly work this week?
1: Uh, I don't think any differently than he always does. Going to try to come up with a way to attack the Bills. Uh, I think, as always, what he's done a good part of the season, the more they can get the ball out of Tua's hands quickly in the passing game, the better. And that's you see a lot of wide receiver screens the, or, or bubble screens or quick throws to the wide receivers. You saw the first play of the game against Baltimore. They sent H.N. out wide to the left, and it's a quick throw. And then he uses his speed, and he gains 23 yards. Um that's what that's what they want to do. What makes their offense special when it's operating at peak efficiency is the speed that they have and the way that they can space out opposing defenses. I don't see any reason to think that's going to change, regardless of, of the injuries that they have. If they have the guys in there, like Achan, Hill, if Mostert can play, if Waddle can play, that's their calling card. That's how they're going to beat. Uh, the Bills. It's not, they are not going to pound the Bills into submission. That's not their MO. So uh, they, they got to go with what Brungham here, as the saying goes.
0: Okay. So the first meeting in Buffalo is ugly, 48 to 20. But, you know, you know, the Bills lost a lot of players since that game, but they lost a lot of their guys early in the season. We just went through a lot of the Miami situation. Does that first meeting matter at all on Sunday night? No, not in the least.
1: Uh, th- th- I mean, they were situ- and if you recall that game, it was 14 14 early on. Dolphins scored touchdowns on their first two drives, moved the ball at will, and then Buffalo started completely dominating the line of scrimmage. And when I, and, and let me go back to my previous answer where the Dolphins are not going to pound the, the build into submission offensively. They also can't let Buffalo dominate the line of scrimmage. And that's what happened, let's say, middle of the second quarter on. In that first meeting, it didn't help this was the first game that Liam Meikenberg had ever started at center in his NFL career. That was a factor. Teron Armstead left the game late in the second quarter with a knee injury. That was a factor. And then defensively, they didn't have Jalen Ramsey. Stefan Diggs absolutely killed him. Josh Allen had another one of his typical great game against the Dolphins. Um, but there will be adjustments. adjustments made. They have Jalen Ramsey in the lineup. The offensive line should be in better shape. I'm said, in the lineup, as I mentioned, Robert Hunt. If I can plays, it's no longer his first start. So it's a different matchup than it was in week four, no question.
0: Okay, so lastly, a couple things that maybe we haven't covered that are might be keys to the game on Sunday night. In your mind, what would they be?
1: Um, no, we kind of we touch on pretty much everything. Uh Again, I, the the Dolphins' mo. The Dolphins beat you more with their skill than their than their than physically. They just can't afford to be blown off the line of scrimmage. And on the other side of the ball, the performance the performance defensively against Baltimore was completely brutal. Breakdowns all over the place. That obviously can't happen. Buffalo does not have as good a wide receiver core as Baltimore does now with Bateman, Odell, Beckham, and Zay Flowers. Um, so you would think they would, it would be a tighter situation. And the big, as I mentioned earlier, the big guys up front have to be factors, Wilkins and Seeler. I mean, there, to me, there's a lot of pressure on that.
0: Alan Pupar, who covers the uh, Dolphins for Sports Illustrated. We thank Alan for joining us. He's got a lot going on, so he made time for us, and we appreciate that. Next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060. Plus, today's uh, bottom line and uh, also a little local roundup action topped by the uh, Suns. Not a good performance, obviously, last night against the Clippers. They had basically no chance. And uh, we'll get into that some in the next segment for sure. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. It is, uh, in addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time to the KDUS hotline, 602-260-1060. General discussion, we've got plenty of time and plenty of room if you want to jump aboard right now. More time than we usually have in this segment because I didn't mismanage the uh, first two segments like I often do. So, take advantage of that opportunity of me supposedly doing my job correctly as far as uh, time management goes. 602, 260, 1060. All right, first up, some bottom line answers uh, from today's pipeline. We start with the poll questions, which we will answer during the noon hour of today's Extra Point. Today's poll questions are Who wins uh, Sunday night at Miami? The Bills and the Dolphins. Obviously, we covered that game with Allen in the last segment. Uh, In addition to that, uh, the Twitter poll question, the ex-Twitter poll question today. Which quarterback do you prefer long-term, Justin Fields or Jordan Love? Those teams and quarterbacks square off on Sunday in Green Bay. Meanwhile, here's the rest of the bottom the, uh, bottom line for the rest of today's pipeline questions. Question, should Buddha Baker have made the uh, Pro Bowl? And uh, which Cardinal, other than Matt Pater, uh, has been best this season? Uh, bottom line is, it's comical that Baker is a Pro Bowler. Zero interceptions, zero recovered fumbles, zero forced fumbles, zero sacks. And this has clearly been the worst season of his career. Uh, he is also the 53rd-ranked safety in the NFL this season by Pro Football Focus, 53rd. You do the math. Two starting safeties in most teams. There's 32 teams in a league. He's ranked 53rd. The Cardinals, I think, only Pro Bowl-level player this season, quite frankly, has been James Conner, but also he missed four games because of injury. Meanwhile, should the uh, Suns have been better last night without Kevin Durant? Well, the Suns were seldom competitive last night in that game against the Clippers, so more on that in a minute. Meanwhile, John Harbaugh and uh, Kyle Shanahan, are they doing the right thing by sitting out their starting quarterbacks Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy in Week 18? The bottom line is that uh, Harbaugh and Shanahan would be crazy if Jackson and Purdy played, even though... It is interesting because, you know, the Ravens and Niners might play, basically they're going to play one game for roughly three weeks uh, without starters and so forth. So we'll see how that goes. Okay, we'll get to the uh, phone calls in just a second. Let me get to the Suns from last night. First up, the Suns no-shows last night. Without Kevin Durant, they allowed 35 points in the first quarter, 70 in the first half, 107 after three quarters. uh, Do not be fooled by the 131-122 final score. The Suns trailed by 23 points in the third quarter. Got no closer than seven during the alleged phony fourth quarter uh, rally uh, that we were supposed to believe was a legitimate rally. There was not one second last night where the Suns had a chance to win the game. They never led. Not for one second did anybody in their right mind think they were going to win the game. Even, uh, you know, even with Kevin Durant, uh, we see the same stuff in lot uh, seemingly every night. Bad rebounding, too many turnovers. They get almost no 50-50 balls in comparison to their opponent, no matter who they're playing. And almost every night, and I think most significantly, they play horrendous defense. I thought they were going to be a bad defensive team to begin the season, uh, they've been far worse defensively than I could have even imagined. All those things were apparent last night against a Clippers team that has now won 11 consecutive games when Kawhi Leonard has played. Uh, the bottom line, Wednesday night, another example why the, uh, the Suns are just outmatched against almost every healthy, decent opponent that they face. Uh, up next, the Suns' six-game homestand continues Friday night against Miami. All right, on to the phone lines we go. And Alan Phoenix, what's going on, Al?
1: Hey, Bob, how are you doing? Happy New Year.
0: You too, thank you. You know, you're uh, uh, an old-time Raiders fan, right? Yeah, really old-time in the 60s and 70s, yeah. As as soon as Al Davis traded Kenny Stabler, I was done with the Raiders, though.
1: (laughs) It's a debate. Do you think that uh, Daryl LaMonica is a Hall of Fame star? uh, caliber quarterback.
0: Asking the wrong guy uh, for two reasons. Well, one reason is there's way too many people in the Hall of Fame anyway. There, There's no way that I think Daryl Monica should be a Hall of Famer. I guess you could probably put up some of his stats for, I don't know, what, five or six years during the late 60s, early 70s where his numbers stacked up against many guys uh, and so forth. Not today's modern, modern quarterbacks, but uh, but it, uh, it once again, uh, almost every Hall of Fame question I get asked, I say no, because I think that the Hall of Fame should be elite, and it's become all Hall of Fames, including the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, especially the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, has been uh, you know, kind of watered down over the years significantly watered down
1: well I, I appreciate that all right and then the question then i've heard rumors that jim harbaugh could be going to the raiders as a head
0: coach yeah there's anything to that no people in las vegas think it's a real possibility uh yeah he hired uh you know, harbaugh in the last couple of weeks here has hired tom brady's agent uh and yeah you know, he's you know, more than flirted with the nfl in each of the last two seasons I can't imagine that everybody at Michigan and the administration is really thrilled about all the stuff that's been going on. Let's just assume that they lost to Ohio State this year. Let's just assume that they're not playing in the national championship game next Monday. Is there any chance that he would be back next season? I think they'd like push him out the door. Uh but since they won games and they are gonna chance to chance to win their first uh undisputed national championship since 1947 on Monday night they're not going to push him out the door but uh you know between his uh flirtation with the NFL in recent years and I think he's a very good NFL coach but I think he's actually a good coach period but you know when he was in the NFL uh, I think that uh you know he got the most out of whatever he had there I'm not sure he's always had that in Michigan I don't think it I think he's had some teams that have underachieved at Michigan but Definitely in the NFL, his game, team's in San Francisco, I thought, and I know he lost his Super Bowl and so forth, but I never really thought that they could have done much better than they actually did.
1: All right, well, thanks, Bob. One last question. Uh, do you think the U of A's uh, recent uh, struggles in basketball are just uh, like a December swoon, and, and or do you think that there's a, there's more to it than that? I'm just.
0: I think there's a lot more okay. to it than that. I don't think Tommy Lloyd. I don't think Tommy Lloyd can coach defense. Yeah, uh, you know, I just blame Creason Tubellis for the fact that they couldn't stop anybody that was any good the last two years, and now that they've lost three out of four and faced three good offensive teams and not be able to stop any of them, uh, it is uh, I think disturbing, and I think it's more of a coaching thing than it is a player personnel thing. But, you know, if they got picked, you know, some better defenders, maybe that would matter. But they're definitely more athletic this year. But like I said, you know, Purdue, Florida, Gulf Coast, and even Stanford, which is not a bad offensive team. They don't guard anybody. Uh, but they're they're not a bad offensive team. They had no chance to stop it, it, any of those up. three teams. Yeah, well, that's near. UCLA sucks. So, you know, the UCLA's <laughs> not even going to make the NCAA tournament. I had to throw that in. All right. Well, thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. All right. Uh, speaking of ASU in the UFA, the Sun Devils not getting a whole lot of respect after they won their first two uh, conference road games last week uh, against the Barrier Schools. ASU a five-and-a-half-point home underdog tonight against two-and-zero uh, conference games, at least two-and-zero Utah. Uh, Utah uh, got off to that hot start. They swept the Washington schools in Salt Lake City last week. ASU two and zero for just the uh, sixth time in their Pac-12 conference history, including the last two seasons. Uh, tonight is ASU's first home game in nearly one month. Bobby Hurley currently sits at 149 career victories at ASU. That's the most of any ASU, uh, third most of any ASU uh, head coach ever. Uh, you, Ned Wolk obviously is number one with 406. Herb Sendek, uh, who preceded Hurley, is uh, second at 149. And then Hurley, who has been here as uh, head coach at ASU since 2015, has 149 wins. Meanwhile, the Wildcats, which, uh, has lost, as we just mentioned, lost three of their last four games, still double digit home favorites tonight against Colorado. Colorado also 2 and 0 in tournament, uh, in conference play, I should say. I think a lot of people, uh, we talked about this yesterday, in fact, uh, when we did a little college basketball segment or big college basketball segment in this hour. Uh, I think that uh, Arizona and Colorado are the two best teams in the conference. Uh, So uh, they square off tonight in Tucson. Uh, I would be uh, searching for the uh, best number possible and take Colorado on the points. Uh, tonight Simpson Colorado's uh, point guard. Actually, he's kind of a lead guard and does a lot of other things too. I'm not sure how the UVA is going to stop him. We just uh, talked about the UVA's poor defense and he is uh, they're going to be one of the best players they face all year, let alone right now. As far as conference standings go, you know, only a couple of games played so far and uh, you know, let's go start at the conference standings saying Utah, Colorado, Oregon, ASU are all two and zero at this point. As far as those teams' overall records so far, it's usually difficult, uh, at least for me, to you know, really judge the con- non-conference teams and the conference, you know, the uh, schedule strength and all that. Utah is 11 and 2 overall. Colorado is also 11 and two overall. Uh, Oregon, 10 and three overall. And I just lost my place. I got it. I got, I'll get it back here. And ASU uh, would be next on that list. They are eight and five overall. Meanwhile, Stanford win last night. They won last night and uh, at UCLA, as you heard Al say, uh, Stanford's uh, two and one in conference play, seven and six overall. Uh, the U of A one and four, one and one. Excuse me, in conference play. Uh, they're uh, ten and uh, I get this right. Ten and three overall. Uh, Oregon State one and one and nine and four. USC now drops to well they won last night so we, you know, USC lost two games last week on the road against the Oregon schools but USC defeated uh, Cal last night. Uh, USC one and two and seven and seven overall. UCLA drops to one and two in conference play. Six and eight overall. Washington and Washington State are both 0-2 and two in conference play. And Cal improved, but still the worst team in the conference. I don't think there's much, much doubt about that. Cal sitting at 0-3 and three in conference games and 4-10 and 10 overall. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's show. With the National Roundup, that'll include some rip from the headlines and a little from the wire, among other things college football playoff championship game line update we'll start with that and we'll have uh, once again plenty more phone call time during the extra point hosted by kayla between 11 o'clock and one o'clock right now you're listening to sports with bob kemp on kdus AM 1060 and Castle Lux hd2 100.7 It's time for today's national roundup. Welcome back. Final segment today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castle X HD 2100.7. Latest line for the college football playoff championship game, and there's been some movement in this game on the side in total, at least in some places, in the last 24 hours. Michigan opened a three point, three and a half point favorite. Most places yesterday they were sitting at four-and-a-half. Pretty much everywhere is sitting four-and-a-half. There has been some movement this morning, including a couple of casinos in Las Vegas, including the Wynn properties. Uh, Michigan up to a five-point favorite. Now, yesterday I mentioned that the total opened 54-and-a-half, up to 55-and-a-half almost everywhere yesterday. Said, I'm just waiting to see how high the total goes. And it's a high profile, obviously, standalone national championship game. Most uh, sports that have those kind of things, the public bets the over eventually. Well, some places they bet the over in the last 24 hours. There's plenty of 56s out there now. I'm just waiting to see if it goes any higher. I will be betting this game under whatever I can find the highest number, and hopefully I'll judge correctly when the highest number hits the highest number. In fact, uh, yeah, I have some access to some casinos in Las Vegas, and uh, I've got, I'm going to be putting a phone call in to a friend of mine this afternoon and uh, see if he can bet me some under 56, and I'll make like a half bet on that and then wait and see if it goes any higher before the game on Monday night. All right. rip from the headlines and from the wire, uh, from the NFL, the uh, Cowboys and Ravens expected to take a run at uh, free agent running back Dalvin Cook. I mentioned yesterday that Cook has clearly proved uh, this year that he's pretty much shot. However, uh, the only defense for Cook at this point is that the Jets' offensive line just gave him no chance. But, yeah, Brees Hall didn't look like he was totally shot, needless to say. Uh, he's still explosive. Uh, Dalvin Cook does not look explosive, and you know, the Vikings let him go for a reason. And it's not like there were a whole bunch of teams that were all that interested in Dalvin Cook when he was a free agent for a while. Meanwhile, college football, LSU head coach Brian Kelly has fired the majority of, uh, uh, excuse me, of his defensive staff, which certainly not surprising considering they were a terrible defense this past year. Georgia tight end Brock Bowers uh, made it official. Uh, He ended the alleged drama, and he's officially off to the NFL draft. The NFL not known for drafting tight ends early, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how quickly he actually goes in the first round. Meanwhile, Alabama edge rusher Dallas Turner, a projected first-round pick. Uh, said Monday after the uh, Alabama loss to Michigan in the college football playoff semifinals that he is leaving for the NFL draft. I think he's a top-ten pick. Uh, they love pass rushers, which I understand the way that the game's played in the NFL. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's big time. Meanwhile, also Texas wide receiver Xavier Worthy on Tuesday declared he's off to the NFL. Uh, in addition, uh, some other college football items here. Ohio State, which badly needs quarterback help immediately. Uh, they're getting an official visit from former Kansas State starter Will Howard. Also, uh, Liberty quarterback, uh, you know, Keaton uh, Salter, uh, who helped Liberty to get to the uh, college football you in know, the, the New Year's Six uh, games, uh, He is uh, decided, he's announced that he's going to enter the transfer portal Obviously, he had great numbers at Liberty in a garbage conference. And, and uh, he was, uh, you know, I didn't watch much of the Fiesta Bowl because the game was just pathetic. Uh, but uh, after the first drive, they got beat like a 1,000 to nothing. Uh, so I don't really pay much attention to his stats, quite frankly, from this past year because they played nobody. And when they did play somebody, they got their asses handed to them. Meanwhile, college, uh, from college football to the MLB, let's go MLB next, Valley product Cody Bellinger remains a free agent. The Giants and the uh, Yankees no longer looking for an outfielder, so it appears that the Cubs and Jays are the clear front runners for one uh, Cody Bellinger, and obviously he played last year with the Cubs. And then lastly, the Braves uh, have uh, you know, renegotiated and re-signed and extended and worked the contract around, with Chris Sale, who they acquired last week from the Red Sox, uh, so that pretty much leans the last free agents that are supposedly out there. Uh, pitch starting pitching wise, are uh, Blake Snell and Jake uh, Jordan Montgomery, Josh Hader is still out there as far as the relief pitchers in free agency. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. Stay tuned the next two hours. It's the Extra Point, hosted by Kayla. That'll include more phone call time. 602 260 1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.